Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Shakespeare's Macbeth aside, a lot of us put off until tomorrow what we could be doing today. Procrastination is an insidious venom that slowly eats away at us by making us think that we have plenty of time to do the things we need to do, but may not want to do. Today is the day to stop procrastinating. In this episode, we take a look at procrastination. We'll start with understanding it and then provide some anti-venom tips to help you overcome procrastination today. But before we get started, Will, what have you been procrastinating about lately? I don't know about procrastinating so much. I'm still dealing with a lot of uh, you know, just network configuration and, and making decisions about how I have my home lab set up. Because you know, when I first did it, I didn't really think through stuff at the level that I really should have. And so now I'm you know, going back and, and adjusting things. And so that's chewing up a lot of time. It's not really a whole lot of work. It's just sitting there and, and pondering things, you know, to the nth degree, which is kind of fun. But that's what I've been doing a lot of this week. You know, there's not much, not much to report. How about you? Well, I uh, took the afternoon off yesterday and went to a Predators game preseason, which was kind of cool because the tickets were free. General admission, kind of neat. You uh, basically go in and sit anywhere. And then if the people who bought those seats show up, you just move. And like the people who are coming to the game, they know that. And so, like, if they show up and like, hey, we we have these seats, and you just go, okay, no big deal, and you move somewhere else, which was really cool, especially for the first game. It was a doubleheader, so I went to the the three o'clock and stayed for a little bit of the second one before I had to head back and write this episode. Not exactly procrastinating. Yeah, I was gonna say it was kind of weird. I was like, huh, Beach got the episode done, I think earlier than normal, and it's about procrastination. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, now it's uh, the the game wasn't really about procrastinating. I had uh, I had had this plan for a while now. Uh, the procrastination for me was Saturday when I had originally planned to work on this, but didn't get around to it. Also, y'all, how often do you get to hear Shakespeare in a software developer podcast? That was fun. Like, I mean, we we quote lines and stuff every now and then, but like to really go at it. That was fun. Saving money is hard, especially when you put off actually getting a financial counselor. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan 
for your life, but to take action on that plan so that you can create the life that you want to live. Guys, investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. So again, don't procrastinate and put it off. Yeah. Best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. And basically what that means is that he's not here to sell you a product, but to guide you to a better financial situation. You can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And you can learn even more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Some people claim they procrastinate because they're lazy, whereas others claim they do better under the pressure of waiting till the last minute. And still others say they enjoy the rush of getting things done at the last minute. We're here to tell y'all that procrastination is rarely actually about laziness. While it may be true for a few when it comes to procrastinating, for the majority of us, it's more about motivation and prioritization. You may be overworked, on the verge of burnout, and put off starting something to give yourself a little breathing room. It may also be that you don't have a clear priority in your schedule or tasks and everything seems to be either top or bottom priority. In our recent episode on motivation, we discussed why working under the pressure of waiting to the last minute doesn't improve performance, but actually hinders it. And if you haven't already listened to it, you should really check out that episode. Procrastination comes in two different types acute and chronic. Acute procrastination happens because of immediate circumstances around the task or the time that you're attempting to accomplish it. So a great example of that is probably tax season for a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things happen on April 15th when, when they need to get that, you know, that paper in the mail. Yep. You know, these circumstances may change during the week and are situational depending on the task, time of day, etc. typically stemming from low energy levels or elevated emotional states. During these times, your behavior changes from the normal. And this type of procrastination isn't always a bad thing because sometimes you put off starting a new task to give yourself a break between tasks throughout the day. Chronic procrastination, on the other hand, has a deeper, more lasting cause that can be tied to burnout or other psychological or mood issues. This tends to happen all the time or whenever you're faced with certain types of tasks or goals. It can stem from an excessively high expectation or difficult goals, uh, perfectionism, or a lack of assertiveness. And each of these have different ways of preventing us from getting our work done. Overcoming procrastination comes down to three main areas. Awareness, time management, and motivation. Like the first steps for a recovering addict, you have to be aware that you have a problem before you can begin to overcome it. And this goes beyond just knowing that you procrastinate to understanding your reasons and process for procrastination. A big part of overcoming your tendencies to procrastinate will be how you manage your time. There are things you can start doing right now that will reduce the work you put off to the last minute. 
And that final area is motivation. Procrastination really boils down to a lack of motivation. When you're motivated to do something, you're not going to want to wait to get it done. In this episode, we're going to examine procrastination by looking at how you can overcome it when it sets in. We'll talk about several things that you can do to address both chronic and acute procrastination in each of the three areas of overcoming procrastination. So let's start. First, you have to start with an understanding of the reason for procrastination. Yeah, understanding the reasons for your procrastination requires a bit of introspection and insight into yourself, your habits, and your motivations. Like, this isn't going to be something that you just go, oh, well, I procrastinate because of this or because of that. It's going to really take some thought. If you could answer the question that quick, you probably wouldn't still be procrastinating, right? That's true. I like mean, it would have worked itself out by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either either that or you're procrastinating because it's like, oh, hey, I'm a little bit overworked right now because we've got a deadline coming up. And so I've kind of been procrastinating to give myself a little break between doing things. Like if you can answer it that fast, then, you know, it, it's not going to be as insidious, I guess. Yeah, well, and it's not permanent, right? Like it's a, yeah. it's a very temporary situation, which, you know, a lot of times acute procrastination is situational. Uh, you may be overburdened or like close to burning out. Um, and so you, you do push, push things back. Um, and honestly, there's a lot of unpleasant tasks that people just push back just because I don't want to do this at all. And I'm having to do it. Yeah. No. Like taxes, Chronic. yeah. Like taxes, that's true. Although, I, like, I even feel, if, if even if I'm getting money back, it still irritates me doing all the paperwork. Yeah, I like to get my taxes done as soon as possible because I don't like doing them. But then again, I tend to go toward the things I don't like doing, get them over with, so I can spend more time doing the things I want to do without the pressure. I do on most things except for paperwork. Like paperwork is a distinct category of stuff that I despise. Mm-hmm. Now, I was talking to someone. Was it yesterday or today? I can't remember about playing music and telling them, oh yeah, I can get up in front of thousands of people and have gotten up in front of thousands of people and spoken. Like you hand me a microphone, give me a topic, I can jump up and talk. Right. You put an instrument in front of me, I am absolutely terrified. So you know what I do? I work really, really hard to get the privilege of being on stage and playing musical instruments because it terrifies me. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at things. It's just, you know, the, you know, when you get to the point of dealing with procrastination, it's, you know, there's the acute one, like we talked about, but like the chronic uh, procrastination is a, is a bit nastier. You know, it, it creeps up and you eventually don't realize that you're procrastinating until it becomes an issue and it actually causes a problem. Yeah. And a lot of times it's someone else pointing it out. Yeah. Usually angrily. Yeah. It's it's not you noticing it, whereas like we said at the beginning of this point, like if the more acute you're like, oh, yeah, I'm putting this off because I really just need a mental break for a few minutes. Um, I mean, y'all can't see it, but Will can see my keyboard and my guitar is behind me. And there are plenty of times where I'm like, I've been working on something and I'm like, I feel like I've been just banging my head against the wall. And I get to the end of some, uh, one task. I'm like, all right, before I start another one, I just need a mental break. Honestly, that was uh, that was before we started tonight. I uh, 
I, I, I got a pull request out, but oof, it was, it's been a struggle the last few days. And I told Will, I'm like, I just need a few minutes. And I hopped on and played some, uh, some keyboard for a little bit before we got on the call because I knew, hey, I need this little bit of a mental break. So I was in a way procrastinating, but not really. Chronic, it, you're not going to notice it as much. Yeah, you're going to get slower over time. Yeah. It's really kind of... So to best understand your procrastination, document it like through journaling, taking notes, and just keeping track of things, writing stuff down. Take a look at what's going on in your life and write down what you're avoiding doing. Take note of what you are doing instead of what you should be doing. Because sometimes it's a matter of prioritization and it's like, oh, hey, I just don't have these things prioritized right. Yeah, and the thing that you were doing instead was actually the right thing. Yeah. The other thing is actually think about what is going through your head and keep that down because there's there's some thought process happening, right? And it could be it could be as simple as, oh, I don't want to file this paperwork because I feel like it's invasive and it's it's so many questions and I got to look all this crap up. Or it could be like, you know, I don't like this insurance agent. I wish I could just, you know, work with somebody else. And, you know, one of those is much easier to solve. Yeah. And and it's important to understand your thought process and actually write it down and then come back and look at it dispassionately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to try and make those, like, figure it out in the moment. You just write it down and move on and then come back later when you're you're not in the moment and look at it. Also, document the times of day that you procrastinate the most. Is it worse first thing in the morning? Do you hit a slump right after lunch? Are you worn out at the end of the day and just can't keep going? We we had an episode not long ago. I say not long ago. It could have been a year or two ago. Last five years anyway. Yeah. Not too long ago, I guess. Uh, about the our sleep patterns and like... Chronotypes. Uh, when, chronotypes. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. And so that might be affecting your procrastination. I know first thing in the morning... I am not, I don't jump out of bed alert and ready to go. Some people do, but I don't. I am groggy. I am sleepy. And so, you know what I do after letting my dog out? Because that's, you know, highest priority is, you know, let him go outside for a little bit. But I come and I play music and I play songs that I'm trying to like memorize and stuff. Because if I can, if I can play those from memory when I'm groggy, then I can play those from memory when I'm scared on stage. Yeah. So you're actually using that. That yeah. time is a as a bit of a weapon. Where it's, it's also like, time that like while the coffee is being made. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, it's yeah. not like I can't even have had coffee because it's still in the process of of brewing. Yeah, you gotta wait for those IQ points to load. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you also need to look at your emotional state when you're procrastinating. You know, ask yourself how you feel about the task and about the procrastination. Because a lot of times it's actually not the task at hand that's the problem it's you feel like there's a lack of control over your life or you're you know you're you're procrastinating on this because the thing that follows this is something you don't want to do and yeah. so if this isn't done right you know so, so like you'll procrastinate on the stuff that is high priority and valuable just to avoid some garbage that comes after it oh yeah absolutely absolutely so next you want to remove emotion from the equation as much as possible. 
it's only business, nothing personal. Uh, right. If you followed our previous step that we just got done talking about, you've identified the emotions around your procrastination. And if you listen to us earlier in that step and said, hey, you write it down and then you address it later when you're not in the moment, um, now you can come back and look at your general emotional state when you're procrastinating. Like that's what we're talking about here. It's like you've written it down in the moment and now you're coming back outside of that going, hey, what what's going on here? What what was I feeling during this time? And you're examining it. This kind of has to do with introspection. Yeah. And with acute procrastination, you're more likely to have a stronger emotional reaction tied to that procrastination. Uh, whereas with chronic procrastination, you may not really easily identify your emotional state because it's common, right? Like you're feeling that a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be chronic. Yeah. It's it's like just the way you generally feel. And it's it's harder to identify that with the chronic. Um. Now, if you find that a task makes you resentful, angry, or irritated, um, so you avoid it, what you want to do is look and try and find the value you get for that task. And it may not be an obvious value, to be honest with you guys. But if it's important enough to work on, uh, not procrastinating for it, then you're going to be able to find a value. Like if it's important enough of a task that you need to go, hey, I need to stop procrastinating on this, then there is some value there. Yeah. Or if there's not any value, you cut it out. Or if there yeah. is enough value and you can't get over the procrastination, then you delegate. There's that too. Yeah. I mean, that like that that's also an option, right? That, that's why I have somebody prepare my taxes every year is because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't that's fair. Emphasize how much I despise <laughs> the way our tax code is set up. Oh, yeah. Um, but a lot of times procrastination will also come from boredom. While in general, extrinsic motivation is not suggested in this case, if you do give yourself a reward for accomplishing it, it can be rather useful. Yeah. You know, so, you know sometimes you just have something you got to get done. And yeah, going, going back to that motivation episode we had a few weeks back, um, we talked about why you want to avoid extrinsic motivation. This is one of those cases where it is useful. Basically, guys, the idea here is to figure out the emotional reaction that is causing or associated with your procrastination and flip the script on it so that it becomes what motivates you. You take that and go, all right, how can I turn this? Like Will and I do this all the time when something like irritates us or gets us angry. We're like, all right, I'm going to double down. I'm going to, I'm going to solve this problem, especially when it comes to code. I mean, that's what I've been doing the last few days, to be honest with you guys. Oh my goodness. It's just like, it, it made me angry. I threw on some ace of base and I'm like, all right, we're going to crank this out. And, <laughs> and when that, when that wasn't working, you know what I went to? I went to the German metal. Uh-huh. <laughs> my progression's the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next suggestion here is to cut back on the amount of decisions you have to make throughout the day. And by the way, this is something you should be doing anyway, uh, just across the board. I'll, I'll tell you one that I do, and I, my wife is going to hear this and probably be like, oh, yeah, I've noticed that, but because I don't think I've actually told her this. So I have a whole bunch of shirts that are black, and I have a whole bunch of shirts that are blue, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday are black days. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are blue days. I'm 100% serious. 
I don't, I just have to know what day it is. There's a shirt. I don't think about it. Go, oh, what did I wear yesterday? No, I don't make a decision. It made the decision a year ago. Wow. And you know what? It, it's like, it, it doesn't seem like much, but if you set up enough stuff like that, it's a huge difference in your cognitive load during the day because you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm actually, because like, who cares what color shirt I'm wearing? Like, there's going to be like that one person that's going to have some crap to say because it looks the same as the shirt you wore yesterday. And I just completely cut that person out of the, the conversation now. Because um, it's not I mean, the same. During the week, I, I usually am wearing pretty much the same thing every day because I usually just throw on a sweatshirt or whatever. Because like I'm in one or two meetings a day and that's it. But if I when I go out, like in a sweatshirt and gym clothes until the evening. And when I go out with my friends or I'm like going to practice or something like that. And then I'm wearing appropriate stuff for that. So the weekends, I, I do have a little bit more. I care kind of. Yeah, I mean, well, now you notice I didn't include the weekends in that one, right? Like it's, it's just got more hey, three wing. So I, I care about like how I look to others more than Will does. Yeah, I don't care at all how you look but to others. It's, like, uh, it's that presentation phase, you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, like seriously, like how you, you have to make that decision every morning. How valuable is that decision actually? Depends on what you do, I guess. But. It, it doesn't move. It doesn't move the needle. So, like, you know, either don't make the decision or make it one time for all time and just be done with it. And, yeah. And so that's kind of my thought process. And I, you know, by the way, like, not that I would like to say that I share a thought process with Mark Zuckerberg, but he does the same thing. Except I think he's only got like one color shirt. And I, actually, I think I think Zelensky does the same thing too because he's just got that green shirt that he's always like. I can't visualize the man in a not green shirt. Have you seen that, uh, I think it's Tobey Maguire meme where it's like got him wearing the same shirt in like years, decades apart. It's like women have to have a different outfit all the time. Men. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I don't even, I don't like even that, think we track it that well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if somebody told so, us, we would be like, oh. Huh. So each time we make a decision, it requires energy and has consequences. Spending too much energy thinking about what to do reduces the amount of energy we have to actually do the thing that needs to be done. Yeah, and the the amount of energy we have to correct it once it's wrong too, uh, which is the other thing. Like that's the whole point of a lot of things in Agile is it takes as much energy to get the right answer sometimes as it does to get the wrong answer and correct, and you're done sooner. And, and yeah, like I I can't emphasize that enough the most important decision you can make is to plan your day though, right? Like plan it ahead of time. And this goes beyond pre-planning decisions into scheduling your time from start to finish of your day. In fact, right before we got on this call, I was actually reworking my calendar. So like on my Google calendar, I've got like the ideal, you know, work week. And then I have what's actually happening Mm -hmm. on there. And I always have that overlay of, okay, well, if there's not something scheduled here, here's what I should be doing during this time. Yeah. It's super helpful. Right. And so this actually helps with both chronic and acute procrastination, though more so with the chronic procrastination because it has that long term effect in the way you interact with your workload. Yeah. And, you know, if you make as many decisions as possible beforehand, so you don't have to expend energy making the decision. And, you know, when you're trying to do tasks, it will help you accomplish mm-hmm. those tasks. And this like your shirt. Sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, this may be as simple as meal prep, or, you know, for the week, or as complicated as prioritizing tomorrow's to-do list. Uh, you know, both of which are things I tend to do a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've gotten um, my good friend Whitney got me into doing overnight oats, and I'll, I'll do that. I make like three days at a time, 
it's really nice. It's simple, fast in the evening to make that. And then I get up in the morning and just grab it, throw it in the microwave, put some granola on it, and I got breakfast. It's nice. So you want to keep track of these pre-made decisions through something like a to-do list, calendar app, or just a notebook and pen. I don't have it with me, but out in my truck is a, a notebook that I take to the gym with me. It's got a little bit of Albanian practice at the beginning of it because I reuse notebooks. But it's basically got my workout for each yep. day of the week. And because I, I realize I'm like, hey, I'm having trouble remembering like, wait, what what weight did I do last time? And I've been trying to do, I started doing five by five and I've kind of mixed it up. I'm doing like a, a five rep warm up, 10, three tens, and then a five rep cool down. But uh, in the middle of those three tens, I do a push set where I like push it really hard. And sometimes I don't get a full 10 out of it because I'm like, I'm pushing. Like, right. I'm like really raising that that up. And so this has really helped me. And I I can look back over the past, I started doing it about a month ago, and I can look back over the past month and just see how much I have gained from doing that and tracking it and knowing, oh, hey, this is what I did last week. So I'm going to raise it up this week. Or this is what I did last week. And I like I got five reps in that push. All right, I need to just keep it at the same level. Yeah, and it's nice not to have to try to like agonize and figure out what that was. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to try to remember anything. I just flip back a couple pages. Nope, there it is. Write it down and go. It's really made like getting a lot of progress in a short amount of time at the gym. Yeah, and that's kind of the same same approach I do with my to do list, right? Like I yeah. I have a planning scheduled every morning where I go through and I figure mm-hmm. out what I'm going to do today. And yeah. I have one once a week that I figure out what I'm going to do. You know what the goals are for the week. And I have monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Yeah. And yeah. it's very, very regimented. And boy, it helps. I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of extra work, but it, it, what it really is is it's pushing the decisions to where they are not impacting the quality of the work getting done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also want to try and build habits around this as much as possible so that you don't even have to think about that. Like, I just I have that habit of going to the gym every day and taking that notebook with me. And I just don't have to think about it. Like, I know even if I have something planned, like something comes up today that literally happened where I got a message from our creative director at church. Hey, the video that we took isn't like, isn't showing up. Can you come by and reshoot it? Because of like, it's for video announcement Sunday. I was like, yeah, I can run by for a few minutes on my way to the gym and reshoot some of this video. And so I, I was able to do that and still make my full workout at the gym, you know, without any problem because because I had that habit built in, I just didn't think about it. Well, and I think the other thing that helps too with a habit is if you do something enough, you get more efficient at it. And so your ability to pack that workout into your lunch break yeah. was was there. Whereas if it was, oh, I do this, you know, when I remember, your workout would probably chew up the whole lunch break and there'd be no way to to work that in mm-hmm. and you'd end up having to skip. Of course, you also would have been in the habit of skipping. So there you go. Yeah. See, it's, it's a matter of the, the habit. And, and finally on this one, you want to set up regular times to examine your habits and your pre-made decisions. Make sure that they're still functioning and not hindering you. And we talk about this a lot in our end of the year episodes with goals. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Let's see, today's the 27th. So for me, that would be Saturday. Yeah. This is the first. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> that's a, that's on a regular like it's there's a calendar reminder for that because that that is extremely valuable. Otherwise, you do stuff that doesn't work and right. it can be you know, deleterious for you, honestly. So the next point, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, is actually plan your day out from start to finish. The most important decision you can make is to plan your day out ahead of time, uh, and this goes beyond pre-planning decisions into actually you know blocking off your time and scheduling from the start to the finish of the day. Uh, for one thing, one thing you'll find when you're doing this is either you are wildly optimistic about what you can get done in a day, or like wildly pessimistic, and you you know that's like another one of those loops that you need to close as far as uh, introspection. I, I got this idea from, uh, and this is going to sound weird, from actually from Dave Ramsey. And it for him, it doesn't have to do with um, scheduling out your day, but planning out your budget. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's time. Yeah. Versus the, the app, the Every Dollar app, uh, I've been using that. And it literally, you plan out every single dollar. Like you put in your income, and you plan it out, even if you like, I have like a couple of places where it's like, all right, this is miscellaneous. So this is what's going into savings. This is what's going here. But you plan that out. And there are some things that like, oh, hey, yeah, it's the same bill every month. There are some things that fluctuate, like your power bill, your water bill, those things kind of fluctuate a little bit. So, but still, it's the same with, with your time. There are some things yeah. like some meetings, you know, hey, this is going to go from 8 to 8.30 every single day. Yeah. And, and to be honest, there's sometimes there's meetings that you're, you can be like, okay, this meeting is a waste of my time and I'm stuck in here. What can I schedule to do during that time? Yeah. And, yeah. and actually plan for not waste, having the time wasted, you know, time waste put on you. Yeah. You, you want to start planning out tomorrow with, start with the one thing that you have to accomplish. Like, you know, what is the most important thing? The one thing you have to do, then schedule in, the non-negotiable daily habits or tasks. And this may include, for me, like exercise. Uh, for most people, showering. It should include showering. Life is not an anime convention. If you're, if, you're, if you're on a scrum team during the week, your daily stand-up is usually non-negotiable. You know, meditation, downtime should be a non-negotiable. Those sorts of things, the, the things that must happen. Start, start with the one big, hey, I have to get this done. This is, this is the big thing today. Here's the non-negotiables for today. Like th yeah. that's where you want to start. So you should schedule your hardest, deepest work at a consistent time every day, so that you're kind of in that headspace and mindset. And when you've tracked the times that you are most likely to procrastinate, schedule those tasks at the opposing times of day. Yeah, and this goes back to kind of that chronotypes we were talking about earlier. Like when are you your most efficient? Like for me, it's after I've been awake for a few hours. So I'll get up and. I will play music. I'll read a little bit while I'm eating breakfast and drinking coffee. And then I'll come in and I'll start my day and I'll get some work done. I'll have a meeting, which peps me up because I'm an extrovert and I like being around people even virtually. And like my big, my big work time is after that, that morning meeting till about lunchtime. And that's when I, I push it. And that's when I schedule my hardest stuff. And I tend to have a slump. Around lunchtime, that's why I go to the gym because that keeps me going. I come back, eat lunch, and uh, a lot of times, if I'm not like got a lot going on, what I like to do is do a little training because I kind I enjoy that. I get I get stuff out of it, but it's not super hard thought process. And then about an hour or so after after that, that's when I'm starting to come back up, and I'll I'll schedule a second kind of like 
workload at that point. I mean, mine's a little bit different because like first thing in the morning, I hit the ground running. Oh yeah, hard. you're you're but very different from me on that. After after stand up is, I won't say that that that's the worst, but it's it's definitely a little bit of a lull um, yeah. because of you know the just you know being in a meeting because I'm an introvert mm-hmm. uh, in general. Right after lunch is a tremendous lull. Or well, it's not as bad now though because I'm like I'm low carb during the week, yeah. and so I don't have that going on. But I'll definitely have like a a space, you know, usually from about one thirty to two thirty in the afternoon. That's not great, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. that's a great time to do, you know, to either clean stuff up, you know, organize things in code, you know, do training, do you yeah. know, any meetings I got to have with people. I try to put in that slot because it's like, well, you know, I don't like that's my baseline feeling for a meeting anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a little annoying for me because that's when, like, the time that I'm going to be at my best focus is when people yeah. want to do. They're like, "Oh, hey, you just got done with the stand up. Let's have the schedules other meeting." And I'm like, "No, no, I, I this is like my best time to get work done." So yeah, it's it's interesting. And then after you've put in your big things into your schedule, start adding the other tasks as they fit. These may not all get done in one day, but put as many as you can while spacing them out so you do have a little bit of buffer time. You don't want things to be back to back to back. Right. Although you can put some stuff, you know, together that way if it's batching. Yeah. Like that's email that's Bob, different... email John, email, you know, yeah. okay, yeah, those are those are in one chunk because then you can get it done and it's gone. I would just I would just put those in as one item. Send yeah. send the emails with a list of the ones to send. Yeah, my I mean I have mine broken out. Like it'll be separate projects in my to do app. No, that's, so that's fair. Yeah. But I, but I schedule it, you know, the same kind of thought process. Yeah. It's also important to schedule unstructured time into your day at some point. Uh this can really seem counterintuitive when we're telling you to schedule things, but these are for the times when you're least effective and most likely to procrastinate anyway. Uh and so instead of fighting that tendency, that natural tendency you have, just go ahead and schedule that time. Like don't mm-hmm. assume that it's going to be useful because you know what you can always do is if you get to that time and you're like oh crap i feel like you know i think i can optimize this database query right now i really want to do it then you go do that because the time is unstructured and you can go do it if for some reason you're in a weird headspace and that and that sounds good to you right but don't count on it mm-hmm. yeah right it's sort of like playing the lottery yeah right like people that play the lottery you know they do it for fun fine whatever and it's not my jam i've never done it but people that count on the lottery, that's something else. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, this is this is time mostly for you to have that, like, this isn't exactly downtime. It can be downtime, but this is unstructured time. So it can be, hey, I'm getting stuff done, so I'm going to keep, keep working into this time. Or it can be, hey, I'm worn out. I'm so glad I scheduled this downtime because I'm going to go play a video game, watch TV, play some music you know, whatever it is that you enjoy doing just to kind of let yourself relax a little bit. But again, it's unstructured. So if you're going and I've done this where I've been going strong and I've hit that time and it's like, hey, I'm not wearing out. I'm going to keep going until I wear out. And it's like 30 minutes into that unstructured time, I start to wear down. I'm like, all right, this is unstructured time. So I'm going to step away. Yeah. Um, Well, and stepping away can also, you know, in a lot of cases, not necessarily be like, hey, I'm going to go play a video game, right? That's true. It could be like, hey, my office is a dump right now. I probably ought to fix that. That's true too. So next, when you get stuck, 
focus on a task you can accomplish. It is convenient to be able to see the whole plan and how each task you're working on contributes to that whole. However, it's not always possible to see the big picture or even know what all goes into accomplishing it. Uh, In these cases, you need to focus just on the next task that you can get done. Like sometimes you don't, you don't know the full like map. You don't know exactly every step you're going to take to get there, but you know, the next step. Yeah. I actually have a tag for that. I can just click on and go to, here's the next, here's tasks that are, you know, unblocked and they're ready to go. While it is helpful with chronic procrastination, uh, this is also really effective. In fact, most effective with acute procrastination that happens when you become overwhelmed by the complexity or size of a project goal or even a big task. Uh, yeah. You know, always, always break stuff down mm-hmm. more. Like if it's, if it's any kind of mental problem at all, snap that sucker in half. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we're saying, you don't have to know the whole plan. All you really need to know is the next step in the process. And this can be as small or as large as that step needs to be. Uh, just take that step or accomplish that task. And from there, you'll see the next one and the next one and the next one and so on. Yeah. And it may also cause you to change your decision too. That's true. Because you may see something on the way that changes that bigger plan. Well, if you're like hooked on the bigger plan, it, it makes it harder to adjust. It does. Um, yeah. And you know, I ran into some stuff like that today that was, was like, oh, wow, I didn't know this existed. Crap. That entire mm. plan is gone. I've got to like go back and think about how I'm going to do the whole thing, but I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. This does require a shift of focus, though, you know, from looking at that huge goal to just a simple thing that you can do to move towards that goal. You know, this is why we spend time each year talking about developing goals and breaking them down, which you're going to hear about that more in a few months because we do it every year. Yeah, we, we do. And we're actually going to uh, go into even more detail uh, this year. Just a little heads up on what's coming for next year. It's going to be pretty cool. I think you guys are going to like it. So. When you're able to put your focus on something that you perceive as doable, remember, the big goal is two. But this is about your own perception. You know, the amount of energy you have and motivation to accomplish the task increases the more you're motivated to do it. Yeah, and and also notice something too on this is that it has nothing to do with your project planning timeline or like a part chart or any of that kind of crap. Yeah, which I mean, it's great for like project planning. Don't get me wrong there. But as far as your own motivation, this is sort of the same thing that Dave Ramsey does with the money. Like his strategy, as far as mathematically sound, there's some problems there. Oh, yeah. As far as like taking the smallest debt. But that's not the point. The point is, is you roll that debt and you get rid Mm -hmm. of it. And now you're motivated to go after the next one. Mm -hmm. And and that's actually what he's dealing with. He's not, you know, because the math you can... Yeah, it's it's an it's an issue, but it's less likely to be a problem than your motivation is. Yeah. And this is the same deal. Yeah. It's all about the motivation at this point. Now, you also need to develop a structured system for starting new tasks. So when when you have a system for approaching new tasks, it decreases the chances of putting them off because they're difficult or you don't know where to start or you don't have all the stuff you need beforehand. You'll you'll start to develop a habit around what to do with new tasks. Um, I also have that in my system uh, as well. So like I have templates for certain yeah. types of tasks that are multi-step and mm-hmm. it, I can hit a button and it, it's a new project. And it's sitting oh, right yeah. there and all the crap is listed. The timing is is there. 
it's it really helps a lot. So I don't have to overthink things that shouldn't be overthought. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And this applies to both chronic and acute procrastination. With chronic procrastination, you tend to avoid new tasks because it's not part of a built-up habit. Whereas with acute, these are avoided because they're unknown and they're different. Yeah. I mean, and that could be something as simple as like, I don't know what my password is to that site. Well, you should be tracking your passwords. Have the crap done beforehand and you don't have to worry about this. Um, oh, yeah. And that's, that's kind of why we're like, hey, have a system that, that mm-hmm. supports that decision. It's easier to start working if there is something on the page already as well. Um, this is why templates are really helpful for you know, getting stuff done. Uh, we employ this all the time in our episode outlines. The material is not written, but the structure is already there because it's a lot easier to glue something to a structure than it is to make the structure. Right. And that's what we learned. Like we learned that because when we first started, we just had a blank page. Yeah. And you look at that blank page for 30 minutes and you watch that cursor blink. Yeah. And then we started putting some structure in there. Like part of it was, hey, it's going to be easier if they all look the same. And then part of it was we realized, hey, having that structure there makes it easier to get started. It's weird, but it does. And to know when you're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. You know, the best way to develop a system of starting new tasks is to look back at one that you've encountered successfully. Basically reverse engineer the process for starting that task and look for reusable patterns. You can kind of think about this uh, like you're refactoring to dry out some code. You know, don't repeat yourself. But with your own mental processes, with your own things, and what you can extract from that to be reusable in future tasks. You should also set yourself up for success by adjusting your environment to whatever is most conducive for working on that task. Yeah. Or that category of tasks. Um, that this is something that, you know, I've had to learn the hard way as well is, you know, like literally shifting around, not necessarily furniture, but, you know, laying out windows on the screen to go, okay, I I know, you know, I'm going to start this task and I'm doing these things. Yeah. Well, I need these five things open. Here's where they are. They're always the same place on the screen. And then every time I got to do it, it's the same. I have that too. I have that yeah. too. I um, wish there was a way I could actually save it instead of like keeping it in my head. I need to find something to do that on Linux because I'm going to that. Uh, actually, I probably do it with the script. So that's usually how you do things on Linux. Yeah. My my problem is like most of the time things stay where they're supposed to be unless Microsoft writes them, even if you're running them on a Mac. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to rant about Microsoft. But uh, yeah. Uh, outside of your environment and this isn't something that we have to deal with as much right now but some people are having to go back in so it may be open office plans are the absolute worst for this they are not conducive to deep thought and that is a huge part of software development will and i could both rant for an entire episode or an entire series of episodes on the evils of open open office plans but, and, and we can have several different variants, including a nice variant and a variant that you don't want your children to hear. Because <laughs> I can write that one. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he, he, can, he could go off on that. Uh, wow. So we're, we're not going to, uh, to take the time to do that right now. But uh, yeah, it, it is n- the least conducive. And um, I forget where I, I heard it, but it's basically like 
people who don't have to do deep thought work. Yeah. Got it stuck in their their head that, hey, this is a really good thing. And then they keep just reinforcing that by talking to like other people people who think that way. Yeah. It it would be like, it's like an agricultural company deciding, well, if all cows were cubic, we could fill this many in a trailer. It's like, yeah, that's not what it is. Yeah. But if they were, yeah, we try it. So we should be able to put this many. I mean, like it's, it's that same kind of thought process. It's not reality based. No, Um, it's, it's hot garbage from somewhere dark and warm. Um, Yeah. So this does vary from person to person. Although in general, you do need a completely distraction free environment to get work done. Um, But I will say this. I think the things that people consider to be distractions are different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, for example, with, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's easier for me to have like a meeting in a noisy environment Yeah, because I hear all the stuff going on. And if I get distracted from the meeting, that actually pulls me back, my focus back. Whereas Will is the exact opposite. If there's a lot going on, he's just pulled everywhere. Yeah. And my eyes are moving around the room too. I'm like yeah. watching people and yeah, it's, yeah. it's does not work well for me. We, we have to like, when we, when we have our business meetings, we have to find places that has, have kind of a little bit of a balance. Where yeah, there's, there's a little bit like a low background noise and it's not, you know, not loud and crazy. Yeah. Enough, enough noise so that it helps me to stay focused, but not so much that it distracts him. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, my, my big thing is honestly people moving around more than it is noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. If you didn't do so when you were gathering the information about yourself and the earlier point, you know, the second step of this is, is writing things down. Note the distractions in your surroundings. You know, if you have a TV nearby in your office or, you know, you work from home in the living room, you might want to find another place to work or remove it or unplug it so that you actually have to get up and move to turn it on. Yeah, or just block it at the firewall if you just use a lot of Netflix. Uh, or is that's, that too? Yeah. Yeah. One extreme example is to remove anything that's not work-related from your work area so that when you don't feel like working, you, you don't do anything else. Allow yourself to be okay with not doing the task at hand, but don't do anything else during that time. Yeah. Um, it's, I have not taken it that far, although I don't, I don't necessarily have a whole lot of non-work stuff around yeah. here because that I don't really take a lot of breaks. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something that is a a very extreme. uh, I was actually reading about this a while back uh, for writers. Yeah. Who are trying to get get so much written per day. And like, rather than getting so frustrated because they like the, the guy who was describing would say, I would get so upset at myself for not getting stuff for not writing that I wouldn't be able to write because I was still frustrated. Even when I had the ideas. Uh, and so he said what he had to come to, to terms with was it's okay to not work, but I wouldn't allow else. myself to do anything else. So yeah, it's okay to sit there and stare, book. to writhe around on the ground, whatever, but cannot do anything else productive. Um, and that's a very extreme, but yeah. I mean, the other thing is like the distraction free writing setup. Yeah, that's true. Know, helps a lot too. So like it's, it, a lot of times it's not what's in the room. It's what's on your screen. Mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. killing other windows and you know even going to this i've seen people go to the level where they have a separate user account for different things that they're doing 
and that user account That's doesn't have permissions to do things. Actually, not a bad idea. Yeah. At the very least, during times of high focus or when you've set aside time to work on difficult tasks, set yourself as a way, turn off notifications, put your phone on do not disturb. My phone is on do not disturb by default. Mm-hmm. Nobody calls me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to stay that way. Like, unless I am expecting a call, that's just the way it is. My family can get a hold of me through like Google Hangouts or something, but even then it's not interruptive. Right, right. So guys, a recent meme that I saw states to start a project. When you start to procrastinate on that project, start another one. Then when you procrastinate on the second project, go back and work on the first one. Uh, I mean, it might not be the best advice seeing as it's coming from a meme, but it is an interesting way to think about the problem of procrastination and possibly a creative solution for some people. The tips here that we've talked about are designed to help you better understand yourself and your reasons for your procrastination. Use them when you notice that you're putting off tasks until the last minute or waiting to do the things that you know you can and should be getting done. Don't wait. Today is the day to stop procrastinating. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.